Let's go. Welcome to Free Advice. Welcome. This is Rob Zaleski speaking. And Morgan Beard now speaking. Yeah. How you doing today, Morgan? Dude, I'm good. I had a good day. I feel like the weather is improving. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to all you guys on the East Coast. <sighs> West Coasters have been bitching and moaning about, oh, it hasn't even made it above 70 degrees. And okay. everyone on the East Coast freezing their nuts off. Important point I'd like to make. Everyone's experience is relative to their Absolutely. other experiences. And uh, so what if it doesn't seem like a big deal to them? You know, if losing a nickel is a big deal to you because you only have a dime, well, that's still a big deal. You can't laugh at it just because you've got a million dollars. Ha ha. What is losing a nickel is no big deal. Yeah, well, okay. For someone who only has a dime, it's half of their money. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I totally agree. That was a good analogy. It's beautiful. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like how immediately after you made it, you're like, should I tear it down? <laughs> should I start over? <laughs> Should I re-roll my person? <laughs> Here we are, yeah. questioning ourselves, as per usual. The human experience. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. I love modeling that for people. Yeah. Yeah. Like Just because we have microphones in front of us and we're wearing fancy headphones and we're <laughs> talking to each other across the table and it's being recorded does not mean we don't question the quality of our content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you tell us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, any advice that you're looking for this week, Rob? Um, do you have any good horror movie recommendations? I saw Us on Friday and I either want to keep rewatching it or just like <laughs> perhaps more effective use of my time is watch mm. Go for Breath and see some other horror films. I don't know if I really have any good ones. I okay. a lot of people have been telling me that they've seen it and I really want to see it cuz all the reviews I've heard are that it's good. That's um, good. you know, my personal yeah. my personal reviews. Not I don't like go read that... film criticisms anymore. Yeah. That's not my life. I do. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. When I really like a movie, I got to eat mm. up what what was so good about it, you know. <laughs> Why do I think the things that I think? <laughs> Please internet tell me. <laughs> God forbid I trust my own opinion. Yeah. Um yeah, what other horror movies have I seen that I actually genuinely like? I don't know. I mean, you saw Get Out, I assume. I saw Get Out. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like it stacks up as far as, you know, Peel's work? Um, they're very similar. This is a bit more abstract. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite as spoon-fed to you. Ah, I feel like Get Out was very obvious about everything that it was doing. This is a little yeah. bit, yeah, it's not quite as clear what's being said. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe meant to encourage more arguments, discussion, theories, things like that. Yeah. Have you ever seen same formula though, essentially of like mm-hmm. scares and laughs? Yeah. 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 Um, percentage of black cast um, is about the same. Okay. It's a smaller cast. There are a mm-hmm. lot of people in Get Out. I think right because they have a party and right. Yeah. 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 Focuses. Uh, the main characters are all black, and then there's another supporting family that's white, which is like their white counterpart friends. Okay. Um, just because that was just another feature of Get Out that I feel like many people would, um, you know, point to as being kind of um, an essential, like, parameter of, of why it was important and mm. what it was doing in terms of, um, you know, the, the spread of who was featured um, racially. Um, this is less focused on race, but still focused on privilege generally. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard, yeah. which I'm super excited about. Um in terms of in terms of the way that we're moving and <laughs> an exploration of that theme feels relevant yeah. to me. Because um, sometimes I think we talk a lot about race and we're talking a lot about gender more. Class is still something I feel like we're kind of on the edge of really like cracking that nut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a little more unspoken. Disability is like even further behind. Um, but we're getting there. I think we're as a society doing a lot better with it. It's coming into the forefront and then kind of rebalancing. But have you seen um, Blair Witch Project? No, I never saw that. So that's a movie I would recommend because it's an older horror movie, but it's actually, it holds up incredibly well and terrified me. I watched it for the first time, like in college. Um, And I was like on the edge of my seat um, because it it does a really, I don't know that much about It's the first found footage movie, right? Oh, one, maybe. Yeah. Where it's meant yeah, to yeah, look yeah. like it was all video cam recordings yeah. from somebody who didn't wasn't trying to make a movie. Uh-huh. Which it totally adds to the level of just how fucking terrifying mm-hmm. it is. Um and it does a really good job of kind of holding you on the that edge of like, is something happening? Isn't something happening? And and what's about to happen? Um, without really like showing you too much. And it really yeah. keep it keeps you um just kind of uh, tickled, you know, <laughs> and, and tickled with terror okay. <laughs> for long stretches in a really smart way. Yeah. Um, where a lot of horror movies that are older, they, it's hard to watch because the effects don't hold up. Like we're used to such better, um, sure. you know, quality kind of output at this right. point. Um, again, not conceptually, but in terms of what can be achieved yeah. with like after effects and camera work and stuff. Um. Another movie that I – a horror movie that I really, really liked, um, keeping in mind I don't watch that many horror movies, but um, did you see Cabin in the Woods? Yes. That, that was, was great. Yeah. Very, like, subversive for, sure. for the genre. Right. Um, so I don't know if, if – I tried to show it to people who come to me and they're like, well, I don't usually like scary movies. I'm way too scared. But because it's so kind of like breaking that fourth wall yeah. and, and has such an interesting element – to it that's beyond what a normal horror movie does. I think um, I thought that would be a good one for that. If you're that kind of person, I might recommend that to you. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I know enough about this to, and yet here I am talking about it. I appreciate it. (laughs) What kind of horror movies do you gravitate towards? Psychological, Mm -hmm. um, artsier ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's about the best I could do. I haven't seen some of the classics. Like I still haven't mm-hmm. seen The Shining. So I should oh. just go back and watch those movies. But problem yeah. is for me, yeah. I think my ADD adapted yes. mind gets bored in older movies that just have long takes. That the shots are often less dynamic. The camera doesn't cut as quickly. And I'm used to like cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Having heard what you just said, I would yeah. not recommend that you just go back and watch The Shining. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of my resistance to it. <laughs> When I've tried yeah. to watch classic movies, I'm like, oh my God, when are they going to move the camera, please? <laughs> <laughs> did, did the cameraman take a nap? <laughs> Is everyone seeing this right now? Yeah, yeah. that's and, and the thing about The Shining, too, is I think all of the things that were sort of extremely significant or, or scary or mm-hmm. new at the time, like you know about them for the most part already – like there is still great imagery, um, and 
you know, it's fun to see like, oh, yeah, there's that classic thing that now I only see as a meme of, um, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson, peop- like shoving his head through the door. Yeah. Here's Johnny. Like, right. you, you know, um, it's fun to see those things actually in context. Elapse. Why it, yeah. Yeah. Why it became so big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I miss discussing art with friends, yeah. seeing something that excites me and makes me want to learn more, research it and. I had that experience Friday night. I had my two friends that I saw the movie with come back, and we spent like an hour just discussing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I want to make that a more regular part of my life. And we're so fortunate living in Los Angeles yeah, because we have so much art at our disposal. And one of the things that I love about Los Angeles, too, is just how much public art there is. When you walk mm-hmm. around, there are just all these like, you know, uh, like in my neighborhood, for example, there are all these like, uh, I don't know if they're mailboxes or some kind of electrical boxes that are just like painted in these like beautiful, fanciful ways. And they're just there. It's just a f- part of the fabric of the community. Yeah. I think that's just the tip. Those wordsmith uh, street art stencils? Or are you talking about those? Like, I have no idea what that to is. say uh, your life is under construction, expect delays or... I don't know. I love that, but no, it's not what I was referring okay. to. <laughs> it's like a typewriter. Those are all around me. Yeah. Or the yeah. Um, sidewalk art of people looking at their phones. Mm. Cool. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I guess I need to get out more too. (laughs) Have you ever uh, tagged? Have you ever spray painted? I have not. Oh, really? I'm fascinated by um, graffiti art and and the evolution of that culture. There's been some great documentaries about it that have really piqued my interest. Um, Because it's street art to me is such a fascinating um like exit through the gift shop yeah like exit through the gift shop and there was one i watched um more recently than that that was it, it talked more about sort of like historically tagging and and how did that scene come about and i'm always interested in the psychology of it like a population that is sort of just craving to be seen and to to be known um, that starts going around just like re- repetitively writing their name on stuff mm-hmm. just to be like, he, to have a name that people recognize. Um, I just think that's so fascinating and so cool. Um, you know, cause it's like literally going to the streets and being like, I'm going to get seen. I'm going to make a reputation for myself. I'm just going to write my name on shit. And yeah. there's an edginess to it. There's an artistic, um, element. It's kind of cool. like the essential version of what people are doing when they have, highly successful careers and buy big flashy cars and clothing that makes them stand out and a Rolex and all of those things. It's like, just write your name on the building, dude. Just, (laughs) just just make a Trump tower. (laughs) That street artist president. Yeah. And the other, (laughs) the other layer of it too, is like, they're, they're still anonymous within that. Like they're writing their name, but it's, it's just a moniker. Is that the right word for it? it? It's, it's just, a name. It's not like their first name. Okay. It's not um, their government name. No. <laughs> that could get them arrested. Right. Exactly. It's um, it's just something that is um, becomes their reputation. Um, and if they, it, right, if their identity was actually connected to that, it could be detrimental. Um, but yeah, it becomes this whole different type of pride point. Mm-hmm. Because no one really knows it's you. You walk around the city and there's that anonymity to it. And you just, you're like, yep, I'm ghost flab or whatever. I, don't know. I just <laughs> made flab. up a tag. <laughs> Flabby is ghost around. <laughs> Whole bunch of extract, don't blasm. <laughs> blub, blub, blub. 
taking spookiness to all new heights. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'd say I'm more lazy than I am spooky, but I'm pretty <laughs> spooky, so I'm really lazy. <laughs> it's a positive correlation yeah. <laughs> between spookiness and laziness. Um, yeah. Okay, maybe we should do a street art campaign advertising for free advice. Absolutely. Would that get us in trouble? Well, I don't want to get in trouble. Of <laughs> <laughs> my fear is getting in troubles up there. Really? Oh yeah. What I don't, kind of trouble? Oh, I hate getting in trouble. Oh, I got sent happens. to the principals once. Oh man, that was such a sad day. He was just disappointed. Oh, isn't that the worst? When they're they're not yelling at you. It's like not... I expected more from you. Oh. You're one of the leaders. You're one of the ones that I thought I could count on. Oh, that's like a knife to the heart. I know. Can I, I'm going to tell the anecdote really quick. Tell it at whatever pace you want. I was um, I was playing with this mechanical pencil in the back of Dr. <laughs> Moulton's AP psychology class. And I noticed when the eraser was removed, you could like push down on the eraser holder yeah. and it would shoot out the lead. Wow. So I acted like I was jerking it off. And then I pushed down <laughs> the course. eraser and it shot out a piece of lead. And my friend Alex saw this and laughed really hard, like uh-huh. in the middle of all she was talking. Oh, so no. I was being... I was, she was probably reviewing something that I already you were knew. Being, you were exploring science on the ground yeah. floor. I was self-stimulating. <laughs> <laughs> I was just amusing myself. And uh, because it caused a big reaction in somebody else, we both got sent. It was a bummer. Yeah. I don't even think he asked us for the details. He had all the information. I wish I could have told him the story because <laughs> it would be so dumb. <laughs> but now I, I'll send him this episode. Forgive me. Email my old headmaster. (laughs) Yeah. The disappointment. What was the um, mechanism by which? I assume a spring. (laughs) (laughs) So what I was going to ask was, what was the mechanism by which your parents punished you? Was it, it, I'm so disappointed I don't think that they heard. I meant like in general. In general as a tactic. (sighs) I got spanked once when I was three. Mm-hmm. That was it. Do you know, know? Do you know of that, or do you actually remember? I remember that it. Happening? I oh. have I have pictures in my head surrounding uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, and I remember the two weeks leading up to that. People had been telling me my whole life that I was so good, and I started telling them I'm yeah. bad, and oh. I was doing like playful bad things, and they all laughed. Exactly. <laughs> like they what? The what were the reaction. playful bad things? Oh, I don't know. Like. Kicking a ball in the yard. Just, just oh, yeah. Like, Ooh, smooth criminal. I didn't know how to be bad. I think that was the, the joke. Yeah, this way a little bit if you turn yourself down. Did, okay. Um, and I remember being mad at my mom once and just hitting the ground and saying hate and shut up because those were the two Uh-oh. worst words that I knew. <laughs> just out of context. Hate, shut up. Hate. Shut up. <laughs> it's like you're starting a rap. Like you're walking towards them. You're snapping your fingers. Yeah. Hate. Shut up. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. I just um, picture you with little wayfarers and a little cigar. Yeah. No, cigarette. No. <laughs> Kids don't smoke cigars. Um, I bet the boss baby did in one of the early drawings. <laughs> I haven't seen Boss Baby, and I'm sure he doesn't smoke because they probably really walked a tight wire with that movie of like all the things that they wanted him to do. Then mm-hmm. they were like, no, but this isn't, we don't want to show kids smoking. Anyway. Um, I've, okay. So one of my favorite yeah. films of all time addresses okay. this head on and it's pretty what? earlier, early for its time. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire in, mm-hmm. I, th- it might be like, it's one of the earliest scenes where Robin Williams is, is voicing, um, this bird 
it's a cartoon that he's voicing. Do you, do you know Mrs. Doubtfire at all? I've seen it. Okay. Um, so then this is not the most memorable scene at all, but um, I've seen it so many times. They're all memorable to me. Um, and he's doing the voice for this bird. Yeah. And there's like a cat or something next to him that's smoking a cigar. And he starts going off script about like how the cigar is like killing his lungs and <laughs> like I'm dying. <laughs> and they get really mad at him and. Anyway, not very funny, but, you know, I just love any chance I can bring up Mrs. Doubtfire. I will. You can guarantee that I will. Mm. It's such a great movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. I'm not going to rewatch that. I imagine the takes are super long. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I would challenge you to rewatch it. It's not horror. Unless yeah. you find cross-dressing horrific. You're probably not going to rewatch this. Okay. And I don't find it horrific. Cool. By the way. Phew. Yeah. Crisis averted. Yeah. I'm pretty woke. <laughs> Stay ahead. <laughs> you know how like people will want to buy a, a laptop with extra processing power so that it's future proofed? No. Okay. Well, if you're in the market for like a new laptop or a new phone, the uh-huh. salesman or just articles you're reading online might tell you like, oh, well, might as well invest in the extra uh, RAM right now so that it's future proof. Like it's not necessary for the software you're running on it, but- wait until the new iOS upgrade in two years and you're going to want that because the new technology is coming. Well, I, I do that with my opinions. But <laughs> the beliefs that I hold are future-proof where I feel like if I didn't make any progress for the next five years, I'd still be okay. Wow. Okay. Be, well, let's see what I'd happens I'd be about average. <laughs> I think I'm about five years ahead. <laughs> you, have well, to, you have to anticipate backlashes and then uh-huh. be ahead of those too. Okay. Uh Do you think that there's a particular arena where you think it's really going to evolve suddenly and you're going to be like, yep, now I'm squarely where I should be on it based on how futuristic my opinion is? Um, We've discussed this before. I think that uh, mental health uh, in determining criminal acts, I think that there will be a lot more exceptions for things like insane defenses and circumstances of a person's environment will also cause us to be more forgiving for actions rather than just looking at the action in a bubble and saying that's bad because this person did this thing we'll start to ask why they did it more okay so forgive more in general yeah just be more forgiveness all right what you should do is you should write down all the things like this with a date time capsule kind of thing and you know decide five years from now you're going to take it out and you're going to be like oh my god there really were flying cars or, you know, wow, the criminal justice system is really evolved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those two things, primarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I could do that. But, yeah, I got to do my taxes. And there's just things I have to do today. That <laughs> <I feel like laughs> Preclude. It's going to always be low on the priority list and never happen. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're honest with yourself. Yeah. I think that's key. That's so key. Otherwise, you're disappointing yourself constantly because you have all these ideas. Oh, you know what would be great to do? I'm going to do it. And then you really... You remember, like, I have to cook my food. I have to do my laundry. Yes. There's shit that if I don't do that today, then it's going to be late. So the time capsule can wait. I feel like I'm always cycling on to-do list things mm-hmm. and focusing on perhaps too much the things that I haven't done yet um, versus the things that uh, I never revisit the things that I did do and celebrate that I've done them. It's always well, what I have to do next. Well, what I have to do next. And the bar just keeps going up, 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 up. The goalpost keeps going out, 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 out. And then 
it creates this internal sense of I'm never where I'm going. I'm always, Mm -hmm. you know, behind. And I feel like that's something that in our like hyper overproductive society is becoming a problem. Like people forget that their benchmarks are changing and they forget to be like, oh, I really did accomplish a lot. There aren't enough built in opportunities to revisit your successes. Uh, What's a good holiday to pat yourself on the back? A Labor lot of people Day? do it on New Year's because it's like, oh, last, you know, this time I feel like last that's a, year. Uh, looking ahead, you mean New Year's it Eve, is. maybe? <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> different sure. holidays. Sure. Well, I think birthdays and New Year's. I, okay. I just think are in general are holidays where people do revisit their goals. Um, yes, they set new ones, but there's also there is some sense of reflection. Um, you know, like, here's, I'm talking about just congratulating yourself for your accomplishments. Maybe Thanksgiving. That's gratitude based. I mean, that's good. That's headed. I feel like in the that's right got to be directed outwards. Imagine <laughs> if you're saying grace and you're just thankful for all the things that you've done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful I finally got the filter in the pool changed. <laughs> Look at how clear that water is, Donna. You see that water? <laughs> did you enjoy swimming this summer? Yeah, you did. Well, I did that this spring. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. <laughs> I mean, who's to say it couldn't be that way? We could live in that world. Yeah, uh, I don't really want to. Okay, then don't. What's a an opposite of Thanksgiving holiday? The Festivus is that right? <laughs> that's where you air your grievances with people, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's one of the elements of Festivus. Um, there's a pole. I feel like that's enough. Yeah. The Why is there more grievances? Yeah, I used to. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, so I used yeah. to know, you know, much more than I do now. I I when I was living in New York, um, a fabulous little group of Seinfeldites. That's not what we call ourselves. Um, and I did Seinfeld specific trivia nights and we would study because they would ask such specific questions. It'd be like, what is George's apartment number? And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I am kind of kicking myself for not knowing more of the um, facets of oh, celebrating Festivus. Festivus. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly supposed to be the anti-Christmas um, so th- I, I mean, I was thinking Thanksgiving, thinking about it more literally of like taking something maybe than giving thanks. You're taking praise. <laughs> you just accept yeah. praise from people. You just hold out your hands and fish for compliments. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd like to do a year, some year where I properly celebrate all the big holidays. Oh, okay. Yeah. 2020? Because you can't start now unless no. you have been. No, I haven't been doing it this year. Yeah. Well, and then it, where do you draw the line of which holidays do you don't? Because nowadays it's like today is National Strawberry Ice Donut Day and, you know, that shit. I might look to the government. Okay. The federal holidays. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Only. Yeah. And okay. then I could pick and choose one or two more that I feel are important. But Yeah. What about, um, what are you going to do for something that's as contentious as Columbus Day? Are you going to celebrate it as Indigenous Peoples Day or are you going to celebrate it as Columbus Day? Um, I would probably celebrate uh, revisions to history. I would look at that conceptually. Okay. Like how we change stories. And so Mm. I would look at something that I used to believe about myself that I no longer do. Mm Mm-hmm. redefining a chapter of my life that I used to see in a negative light that then I've spun to, oh, here's yeah. how that helped me grow. Okay. Something like that. Okay. What are your most and least favorite holidays? 
Most, I really like Halloween. Oh, that's my favorite. Least Valentine's Day or my birthday. The yeah. expectations from other people are just like, oh, this is an assignment, not a holiday. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I have this diatribe that I go on all the time about how like birthday and Valentine's Day in particular, it's like, if you love me and you want to celebrate that I've been born, you know, respectively, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day and my birthday, you have... 365 days a year to do that. Don't just do it out of obligation because everyone's doing it and everyone's like, you know, posting shit on Mm -hmm. Instagram or Facebook about it. It's like, you know, love me in small ways throughout the year. Don't do some like grand gesture that is for show on a specific day. And like, I don't think anyone is safe from how shitty Valentine's Day is. Because it's like, if you're with someone, then it's like this prove your love to me thing. Right. And if you're not with someone, then it's global inadequacy day. Valentine's Day probably ends a good number of relationships that would have dragged on though. So is there <laughs> I don't some value? Think about <laughs> what I would have to do for them for Valentine's Day. So I'll just end it on January 25th. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like a checkpoint that you have yeah. to yeah. check in then. And without that, some of those people without that yearly obligation. Otherwise, it would be like the holidays, you know. Are you yeah. going to meet their parents? Are you going to yeah. visit that family or yours? Like, how do you negotiate those things and make those sacrifices or not? But yeah. Valentine's Day really is one that I think forces people to be honest, a little more honest with each other about how they feel. Well, I f- now that you say it, I mean, thinking about the time of year that it is, it's like you have Thanksgiving, then you have Christmas, then mm-hmm. you have New Year's, then you have a- it, Valentine's Day. It's like there is no break to yeah. be like, oh, my God, I like want to step out of this relationship. You have to prove yourself Thanksgiving. You have to decide what you're doing for Christmas and you get them a gift. Do you not? It's just like gesture yeah. after gesture right in a row there. That's a real slam slammer. Okay. So if you want to <laughs> ma- – if you want to like – Make the most efficient relationship timeline. Uh huh. Start dating on Valentine's Day because then anything you do is not expected and it's just sweet. <gasps> yeah. You, know, you could pick yeah. up a rock and be like, I got you this rock. Or Absolutely. Pick a dandelion. So that's the like, I'd like to date you. You meet, you want to meet them on Valentine's Day. There's a lot of people out there and receptive. They're feeling single and lonely. And mm-hmm. this is, okay, so you start dating on Valentine's Day. You pray that their birthday isn't in March. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I don't know the astrology to make this joke, but I'm sure you do. <laughs> I do. I do. Because my partner's birthday is March 4th. Okay. Um, so he's a Pisces. You, why don't you make the joke? <laughs> what, what joke would you like me to make? Uh, no Pisces. <laughs> Just no Pisces. It's not a hard joke. <laughs> no Pisces allowed. That's in your profile that you open up only on February 14th. And then you celebrate Easter together. Yeah. Um, which... <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> sure you do. You I'm go Easter. to an egg. You go to an egg hunt with kids, and you officiate. You're like a chaperone for the egg hunt. And then you get to talk about: Do we want kids? It's like we've been dating for a month. Mm. Although, actually, I think at a certain age, which I think we are both at, it is important to know if someone wants kids. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, like, you know, if you're like casually dating someone in your early twenties, and it's you know not something you're quite thinking about right. yet. It's can people make jokes about it coming off as very like. Mm-hmm. Clinging, desperate, scary, right? Scary stuff, which, I, for the record, I don't believe that I want kids. Yeah. Um, and I do think that most people don't feel that way, and so I guess I felt a little 
pressure or overburdened. Like you have to tell them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And find someone who is at the very least open to that, if not already wanting that reality. Have you considered a tattoo right above your vagina? (laughs) No. No, No, but keep going. (laughs) Uh, It could say entrance only. Um, I have thought about a tattoo above my ex, my, my asshole that says exit only. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can get matching front and back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, One way. They're both one way. Mm -hmm. No, that's not really true because things come out of your vagina. Like what? Period. Period stuff. Period. (laughs) Period stuff. Uh, Period stuff. No solid objects. Allowed to exit. Now we're getting kind of long. Tampon and out. It, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's getting real wordy. This should be really punk, uh, succinct, punchy. Um, and above the vagina tattoo, it needs to be punchy. No births. <laughs> <laughs> this is a birth-free zone. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'll write it on in pen first, just to make sure I like it okay. before we really, yeah. <laughs> you know. Look a nice solid Sharpie and... Trace it every week for a, a couple months and see if you want it. I did that once with... For a potential tattoo? Potential tattoo, oh, cool. yes. I was thinking about getting an infinity sign tattooed on my the inside of my wrist, which I later found out is not a unique concept. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had, Was that necessary? Did it need to be for you to want it? Yes. Okay. Um, so I was in a math... Cl- it was, I was like in... I, don't, I now don't even know what kind of math you use the infinity sign in calculus i don't know um it was in high school and i saw the infinity sign and i just i really liked the the beauty of it aesthetically and then sort of the symbolism of it of just this sort of perpetuating um undulating circular Mm -hmm. kind of uh it's a line that just never ends essentially but it's really just a flipped over eight um surprise spoiler and i wrote it on the inside of my wrist and i was like "Ooh, that would be a cool tattoo and then that night, I almost uh, got into a car accident with like three car, three friends in the car. Oh. Um, I hit black ice on a turn and completely lost control of the wheel. Um, like couldn't steer and was like uh, dramatically veering like left and right. And uh, it was on like a small sort of uh, like back road with like. Luckily, there were like cornfields on either side, mm-hmm. and. But I was alternating between basically going into oncoming traffic and, you know, going into the cornfield. And apparently there was a tree or like a rock that I didn't even see because it was at night. Um, It was fucking terrifying. And uh, in those situations, like time is really slow, but also you can't quite – you don't have like quite the presence of understanding, at least like I didn't. Um, every single dimension of what's happening to you. And eventually I realized like, okay, it's preferable for me to be driving into the cornfield than into oncoming traffic. Yeah. Um, so we start driving into the cornfield and I think, why are we not slowing down? Like it, the ground was covered in snow. So I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe I'm just sliding. And then I realized I was never, I had never moved my foot from this accelerator to the brake. So I was just driving, <laughs> yeah, yeah. accelerating, speeding into the cornfield. And then yeah. I finally, you know, slowed down and stopped. Um, and we all kind of collected ourselves, but it was fucking terrifying. And so that connected with the idea of like the um, infinity sign and yeah. continuing on, persisting, um, felt 
really symbolic to me. Um, and then like a couple of months later, I was like, wow, everyone has this tattoo. No, thank you. Um, mm. But I'm sure everyone who has it is doing great stuff and it's significant to them. I love hearing stories about people's tattoos. Um, but I don't know. I think my personal philosophy is that I haven't found one yet that's um, meaningful enough that I will want it for a long time um, and sort of a piece of art that I want, you know, really to embody. I don't know. How do you feel about tattoos? Not that interested. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I thought was cool at one point, <laughs> you know, I used to get Pokemon folders in fourth grade. <laughs> and then in fifth grade, I was like, no, just five star is what I want now. You know, that right? Mm-hmm. generic professional looking stuff. Yeah. So I kind of learned my lesson that don't buy folders that are decorated for something that I think is cool at the time if I want to use them long term. And my body, I want to use long term. So anything that I think is cool. Maybe if there's like a functional tattoo. Yeah. You know, I can't think of one, but maybe just getting an inch on my finger. <clears throat> Excuse me, on my finger. What do you mean an inch? Like a line. That's an inch That's long. an inch. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And a centimeter. <laughs> As a measuring tool. <laughs> yeah. So that I can just hold Does it up. Does anybody have a ruler? Pinky. I know. <laughs> I have a pinky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Or would I make it my Intratex finger? Wow. <laughs> and you can use it to measure your dick. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Solving a, an age-old problem. Yeah. <laughs> and you could, well, if you were gay, it would be very useful because you'd be like, I'll measure your dick and just, you know. <laughs> and grab it? Yeah. yeah. You could do a girth around the inseam of your uh-huh. uh, thumb and forefinger. Wow. And then however much overlap there is. So- for everyone out there who's gay and is like, wow, this is an amazing idea, yeah. just be sure to give us credit because, yeah. you know, we know that you're going to want to do this. <laughs> That's true. So what would the uh, equivalent of that be for lesbians? Does anyone really brag about how deep their vagina is or how shallow it is? That's not really an important metric, is it? Well, it tightness is. is. Tightness. Yeah, but how do you measure that with your fingers? Then, then no, it's just I don't know. I mean, fingers, again, it's, it's like how many fingers can you fit? Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, again, and I don't think that this is something that's actually, you know, good or bad, but, yeah. but people tend, you know, men, whatever, um, often are like, oh, it's so tight or like, oh, like you, you, it's like, how much dick can you take? Mm-hmm. The dick take-o-meter. Yeah. Um, those are the two vaginal size metrics that I've heard referred to in the context of sex. Depth and desire. tightness. Right, but like not de- not quite depth. It's like it's sort of this. Conund- it's almost I'm this not like so version long that it's an issue for me. <laughs> but I do know that guys with really long dicks. I've heard other guys be like, you know, you don't actually want that. It's a mistake to wish for that because you can never get it all the way in. Mm. You can only get a little bit of it in, and that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was going to point to is like, yeah, it's sort of like the virgin whore dichotomy thing where it's like. You know, you want a girl to be both like, oh, I've never even had sex and be like, but act like or be able to perform in a way that indicates that you've had a lot of sex. Mm. And it's like, okay, so you want your vagina to be like (laughs) very tight and oh, it's so little and tight. And like by comparison, your dick is so big. But then it's like you also want the entire dick to just be like go right in and just like that seems again crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Nobody can be everything. You can't be everything. Right. Know what you're good at and celebrate it. And don't focus too much on things that you perceive as flaws. And you know what also is great? Hmm. Find someone who really appreciates every element of you and, you know, is uh, just as attracted to your flaws. I think that's that's a fucking cool thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of your flaws. Are just flaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like... <laughs> Somebody to, to to be right for you. Somebody doesn't have to love all of your flaws. They can be annoyed by some of them. They can be annoyed by some of your strengths too. And a lot of strengths are flaws in different conditions. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm looking ahead to the. Seg- the segment. Oh, okay. With a capital yeah, what T do we and got? a capital S. Who's asking for advice, advice today, and what do they want? Yeah. So I pulled a couple, and I'm trying to think about. Um, you know, what's going to be a either a conversation that's naturally segues from whatever we were just talking about, which where how could you even condense that down mm-hmm. into anything versus something that will be a total abrupt right turn that will be um, different or, you know, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Do you think you want to hear something that's a little bit more? a la what we've been talking about not not the uh not the islamic god Allah, but Allah, you know what we've been are you asking about. me if i want to hear about the islamic god <laughs> all right i'll read you two subject lines and you tell me which one you'd rather hear okay. actually both of them are totally kind of non sequiturs i've decided uh what to do when someone offers to be a sugar daddy or going on a trip with a heavy heavy snorer Sugar daddy. Okay. Um, sorry if you needed advice about snoring because we are talking about sugar daddies. Get a breathe right now. Earplugs. <laughs> Bam. Done. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Ankle biter. A n k e l. Surprise spelling there. Oh, okay. Um, asked what to do when someone offers to be a sugar daddy. Um, now don't laugh too hard because it's tagged as serious. Okay. So I'm twenty, male. And I have a friend who's in high school stuff from when I was in the band. Wow, that makes no sense. Okay, 20-year-old man who has a friend who's in high school. She's 17, female, and she got messages from this guy through Instagram offering to be a sugar daddy. He says he's not looking for sex, just attention, and wants to give her an allowance of $400 a week. She has a bank account with her mom since she's been underage. <laughs> she- <laughs> Historically. For how long? (laughs) 17 years. Okay. Um, Before that, she was good. (laughs) Well, when when she was a baby, it was appropriate to have a sugar daddy. Um, And that probably wouldn't be the best place for those deposits. But let's ignore that issue for now. Uh, The guy says he doesn't want to use Venmo or PayPal because he found them to be problematic and lost money through them, which sounds like it could be a red flag. Mm. So this is where we're starting to point out red flags, not at the beginning part. Okay. Okay. does anybody have suggestions on how she could do this safely to protect herself from the probably scam it is, but also see if she gets some free money? Well, (laughs) again, that's not really definitionally accurate. Um, (laughs) Just for texting some lonely guy that will find someone else to give money to if she declines. Yeah. So I think this person is asking to distill it down. Um, How can she protect herself? Um, and assess that it's a, it, whether or not it's a scam, 
um, in that process? Uh, should she take this offer? Hmm. I'd proceed with caution. Yes. I think that is overall the tone that we're going for here. Uh, To me, the... It's not an absolutely no. It's not an absolutely no. I'm a little like, "Eh," because she's 17. Yeah. Um, You know, that has legal... How old's the guy? Ah. Does not say. Um, She got messages from this guy through Instagram offering to be a sugar daddy. So... Again, it says he's not looking for sex, but presumably there's going to be, like, a sexual dynamic to it, which has a potentially illegal component to mm-hmm. it, depending on the age gap and the state that they're in. Right. Um, but if it's, if it's just platonic companionship, I think uh, legally that's okay, I guess. Um, but... I think there's there's also the the financial scam component of it of of how do we actually take the payment? Cash. Why not cash? Well, are they how, not meeting up in person? Yeah, they're oh, just okay. yeah. It's a digit. I think it's a digital relationship because it's he he messaged her on Instagram. Okay. So it's I think it would be a completely remote kind of operation. Like they Facetime or send each other pictures and things. What's to stop her from outsourcing this to an assistant who she pays an allowance of $100 a week? (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. So that's a potential solution, I think. Having a sort of dummy person in the middle. You as the guy friend can be the uh, guy who gets paid 100 bucks a month to text this dude, give him attention as, (laughs) as a hot girl. And then she still gets the bulk of the money. Is this a uh, prostitution oh, using and uh, what's that thing? Yeah, we're called? trying to subvert the pimp trope. The of pimp, a pimp trope, being right. a man pimping out a woman. Mm-hmm. Here, mm-hmm. this is gaining power back to the the person who's initially most attractive, right? I suppose. I suppose. I don't know if this is a good idea yet. I'm I'm spitballing right. here with you. Absolutely. The friend, Absolutely. the guy who's asking the question, should stay involved in the situation. I. I wonder if. She has actually asked him for advice, and he's doing this, uh, or he's just concerned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, has she decided whether or not she's doing this, and he's just stepping in as sort of an overprotective male? Um, well, he's not overprotective, clearly, because this is sort of a dicey situation. Okay. Um, I have some actionable advice. Please. The Your 17-year-old friend should write out a list of things that she is not comfortable with mm-hmm. and comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, considering things like photographs of nudity, um, sexually explicit voice conversations, texts, or just suggestive flirting, um, compliments, Think about all those things. Make a, here's some things that I'm comfortable with. Here's some things that I'm not comfortable with. Decide that on your own before talking to the guy so that mm-hmm. you're not manipulated mm-hmm. by the way that he says something, you know, the tone or making it seem like everybody just does this. So what, are you going to be weird and not send me nudies? Um, also take into account the law where you live. Yeah. You don't want to be busted for child don't pornography for having a photo of yourself naked. Yeah. That's I don't think sending nudes could be should should at all be a part of this negotiation yeah. because of the age right. um, and because of 
you know, we don't know this person right. at all. Like that's a huge risk to take. Um, I don't know of a good resource to find out all of the local sex yeah, laws, um, yeah. but you should take them into consideration when making this list, mm -hmm. figure out what your boundaries are and then ask them, all right, $400 for what exactly? Here are some things that I'm uncomfortable with. Here are some topics that I am okay with talking about. And I think frequency of communication would be something to uh, yeah. talk about in advance too, because it's like, if he's paying you on a weekly basis, you don't want him to think like, oh, I have access to her all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm um, not going to pay if, if she didn't pick up at 3 a.m. Exactly. When I was lonely. Exactly. Like, as someone who um, is sort of selling my time and yeah. guidance and expertise to people, um, I have to be really mindful of what am I saying that I can give um, and, and what are the expectations of that. And so I have a contract or an agreement um, that all of my clients sign that has some general principles as far as, like, when I'm to be paid, how I'm to be paid, um, no refunds because I've already given my services, you know, and, yeah. and, and uh, I'm not responsible for the results. As a, a refund would be like them giving you an hour of life. <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Sure. No. Yeah. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, so yeah, you should decide with him. Um, not only the mechanism for payment, which I think PayPal and Venmo are two that I accept and I like and trust and are have been easy for my clients yeah. um, to use. And so I am I share the poster, uh, what was his name? That, Ankle biter's concern about that could that be a being ploy a red to get flag. you to meet up in person or something that because what else would you even use? Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of money transfer services. Maybe this is a Bitcoin guy. Yeah, don't do anything that would be um, where you have to give any uh, bank information or mm -hmm. that's uh, traceable. I have a very embarrassing thing to admit. Oh, good. But probably it's not as embarrassing as you might think based on the context in which I'm bringing this up. Okay. So apologies for it not being as spicy as it could be. Damn. But when I first moved here, I was, you know, desperately looking for work and yeah. trying to figure out what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, it's it's not what you want it to be, I'm sure. Go but to on. me, it's still embarrassing. So I uh, was looking right. for jobs on Craigslist, mm -hmm. and which I actually ended up finding a great job through. So there, I love Craigslist. I use it a lot. I advise people to use it because there are um, great opportunities. Um, you can get awesome shit for like not that much money. Um, Dog ear Craigslist job. People. What? Dog ear Craigslist job. You I want to say something about afterwards. It later? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was looking for jobs and there was a posting um, that was like this guy who's like an international entrepreneur looking for an assistant, yada, yada. Um, I, I, I want to, I don't remember if it was like remote or not, um, but it was basically, uh, Want, he, you know, he wanted uh, someone to kind of do different tasks for him, yada, yada. And he was going to uh, send payment in advance to uh, accomplish some tasks, whatever, whatever. And the first thing, he, he wouldn't get on the phone to talk. So that was a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. But um, everything was typed out pretty well. Like the, the emails were pretty well written. Um, and he actually, 
I don't know if he, he created a LinkedIn or he was he gave a name that had an actual like LinkedIn and you know a, took a real person's identity to make it seem legit. Um, but so he FedExed me a uh, cashier's check to that I would then you know uh, deposit into my own account, and he wanted he was like go buy some gifts for like some orphans for this organization I work for or something, yada, yada. Um, and so, you know, there were a few like red flags in there and, but I was like, like, holy shit, you know, the next day this, this check just arrives at my house, at my apartment. Um, and I talked to some people about it. I was like, this seems like really weird. Like he won't talk on the phone or meet in person. He wants this, he wants like discretion and he wants these tasks to get done immediately. Um, and like, what are the potential repercussions of, uh, using a cashier's check? And is there a way to, uh, get the money without connecting it to my bank account? Cause what people do, I found out is they, uh, what happens is when you go to deposit the money into your account, it somehow sends the sender, like your bank information. Mm. And so that's how people get your information. And then they, um, you know, can do what they will with okay. it. And you can also get in trouble for depositing or cashing a uh, fraudulent check. Mm. So I was super embarrassed about that because it was a total scam. Um, yeah, when you sign the back of a check, you're taking responsibility for the uh, the trustworthiness of the person who wrote you the check, right? I don't know. That's what I believe it means <laughs> is you are vouching for them. You're mm. saying like, if this person ends up mm-hmm. being a bad not having that money. Be a um, bad ombre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they don't end up having the money, yeah. I will reimburse the bank for the money that I'm mm-hmm. cashing from this check. Mm-hmm. So be aware of that because not everyone, I don't think, knows. No. That you could, I mean, I certainly didn't know at first. And I'm like super glad I conferred with some friends on this. Um, but, you know, at the time it was like there were elements of it that seemed legit. And <clears throat> uh, I'm a very trusting person. But – you know, that which I normally think is a super admirable quality and a helpful quality, but um, you know, it's worth doing your research and uh <clears throat> talking to other people and you know, posting like this, like really trying to think about all of the potential areas for harm or damage before risking your identity gets stolen, you know, your your financial information to be used, um, and really looking into it thoroughly and while there, in this case, while there are many uh, lonely people out there and, you know, sure, it sounds like, quote unquote, free money, which, of course, um, it's not because it's a service. But, um, you know, for engaging in a seemingly simple way, you can get, um, like, you know, reimbursed. If if it seems too good to be true, do your due diligence. Yeah. Um, see if there's any way of kind of proving mutual trust before anything any sensitive information gets transmitted to this person um like before you get into a situation where it becomes too deep to back out um and like rob was saying i think the idea of drawing up an agreement first and uh it's like get your own head right about what you're comfortable with and not comfortable with so you don't walk in there blind and then you're more susceptible to being manipulated or just persuaded in general and i think that the the more also the more specificity you can have at the outset, yeah. you might also kind of frighten away someone who's not legit, who's yeah. not doing what they're saying they're doing. Right. Um, you know, ask him. You could uh, 
you know, ask him for speci some specific details about him. Um, anything where set them up to where if they're not legitimate, they're not going to get back to you. They're going to like just disappear mm -hmm. um, because they know they can't provide you with X, Y, or Z without revealing that it's not real. Right. Um, but yeah, I was super embarrassed about that happening, about like almost falling into this scam. I mean, and then this person had my address, yada, yada. But it's like yeah. they're set up somewhere. They're probably not even in the U.S. just like FedExing people checks and um, – you know, recouping the costs by the people that fall for it, I suppose. And I'm sure they're running many levels of different, all different types of scams that then pay for, <laughs> they offset those costs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was a really scary moment for me. And it, it was scary to think that someone who uh, was theoretically as smart as I am yeah. could, uh, could have easily taken a misstep and really fucked myself <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> so be careful and do your due diligence no matter what or how if you engage with this person yeah. um, or any situation like this when you're meeting someone off the internet um, fortunately we live in a day and age where the internet provides us with wonderful things uh, and it can help you connect with um, people that are craving connection and people that are similar to you and you can't find people like that in your sort of day-to-day -day real life um, environment, but of course it comes with a whole host of dangers. I want to talk about, uh, paying for friendship or things that people generally yeah. think you're not supposed to pay for. Yes. Or that have stigmas attached. Yeah. You think that's good or bad for society for people to be exchanging money for things that used to be free? I think that's a great question. Thank um, you. is friendship free? Question mark. Whatever. That's just something I want to say before I continue to say other things. <laughs> uh, monetarily, monetarily, yes. Well, yeah. sort. But even then, I mean, you know, there are some people who have friendships that where one person makes more and tends to pay for more things, and you know, there is kind of a financial benefit or okay. an experiential benefit to being friends with someone who can provide you with certain experiences, offset the cost of different things. Um, but to get to like the question, I actually think you're asking. Um, Explicit payments. You're right. Implicitly that happens with you have a friend who has a really cool party house and everyone's friends with them so that they get invited yeah. to the party house. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. People yeah. have varying degrees of comfort with that. Yeah. I think that you should be able to kind of um, trade. Money is just a currency and friendship and social interaction is also a currency. And yeah. so I do think that there is room for those things to be exchanged um, but I also think that there is sort of a hidden cost for the person paying for that of, do I actually feel good about paying for this? Yeah. Is it something that I would prefer to build organically and, you know, be able to feel my intrinsic worth socially versus, you know, paying for it? But mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, I think that companionship services are, you find them everywhere. I mean, you find that's nursing homes, you know, th these, there are populations that society has deemed less worthwhile or unappealing or disgusting or, and I'm not saying nursing homes or all those things, but that's an example of a place that people don't generally like to spend a lot of time. And those are people that really benefit from social interaction and uh, variety of experience mm -hmm. and continuing to challenge their brains and activate their neural pathways in these ways. Um, and I, I don't think that 
that should be beyond something that we pay for just because many people don't need to pay for it. Um, and I think we're edging on talking about prostitution as well. Sure, that's a um, as you know, paying for sex prime example. And I honestly, I'm I think that the world would be a better place if we could um, legalize some things that are going to happen no matter what, and we mm-hmm. risk it happening very unsafely um, when we when we ignore that it's happening or act like oh we should be able everybody should you know should be able to just get that need met without paying for it. And it's like, well, right. I don't know about that. Uh, like we pay for massages. We pay for people to cook our food. We, yeah. we pay for people to do these very intimate things with us or for us or to us. Yeah, it's weird that people can rub every part of your body for money <laughs> except the one. Except the one you want yeah, rubbed. Exactly. What the fuck is that? That's, that's going to make you feel a little too good. We have values around that. Yeah. Yeah. What if what if all of our values translated into money? We value a mm. lot of things that we think it's good for us and it's important, but you can't spend money on that or it makes it feel dirty. Dirty. And it yeah. tends to be things that women do more or better than men. So I think that for it now. contributes to what do you mean for now? Like that the conditioning will change and women will do yes. more. Yes. There in my opinion there's probably an um inborn trend as well for um, people who are born female to uh, care more about relationships and be more socially attuned, partly for their own safety, partly uh, because of the world making them that way. Um, Some sexual reasons, you know, higher Mm -hmm. sexual costs. So it's like evaluating a partner is a more important thing. So just more interest in people and the people at the extreme end of the curve for uh, interest in gadgets and systems and very non-people things, there'll probably be more of them that are men, even in a world uh, devoid of uh, conditioning. We can because have that of inherent argument. biological differences, yeah, you're saying. Okay. I, I think yeah, so. I and the differences in, in between the way that sex works for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to give you an opportunity to, to yeah. weigh in on the paying for friendship thing. I paying think, for friendship? Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I'm, I like the idea of making all things that have value um, a possible source of income right. for people. Right, like right, right. monetize it all and let the dollars speak to your values. Yeah. And I think that like friendship and sex are both things that like – we all know are like really important to us. Yeah. Um, something that we all value and, and sex especially um, is one that I think gets shoved under the rug. Like people don't want to talk about the fact that we like sex. We need sex. Uh, it's a huge part of who we are. It's why we're even here. Um, and yet it's something that is like, Ooh, better not talk about that. Better not. Yeah. I think it creates a really unhealthy dynamic. Can we talk about asexual people for a second? Absolutely. We can talk about them for multiple seconds. Um, so I assume you're opposed to uh, homosexuality conversion camps, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not That's a That's a safe assumption, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> Would you be opposed in the same way to asexuality conversion camps? It's not like trying to make a person be attracted to the opposite gender or their own or anything like that, but. Um, just getting them interested in sex in general. I think the word conversion is kind of tough because it, it, it implies that it's like 
you're not good enough how you are. Let's okay. convert you into something that's more palatable for us. But I do think, that's what about connection camps? Yeah. I mean, people who... Physical connection boner camps, like <laughs> wet pussy camp. <laughs> n- n- um, what, I, what I more meant was um, yeah. a place where people who identify this way can go to meet other people that are you know, interested in the same thing. It's like, there's, you don't know this because you don't watch BoJack Horseman, but BoJack Horseman actually <laughs> talks about asexuality. Yeah, does he? Um, I bet that's great. <laughs> because, spoiler, I guess, not really. Yeah, um, one of the characters. Todd, one of the characters is, is asexual. asexual, identifies as asexual. And they, uh, he starts dating someone who's also asexual. And they have this like asexual meetup group. And they talk about how with even within that smaller community, there's variation. And some people are aromantic. Some people are asexual. It's like, you know, some people want to have still want to be having romantic relationships, but then not include um, sexual activity. And so I think that's another thing, like I was saying about the Internet, where it's like these people who have similarities um, where they're in the vast minority can connect and not feel so alone mm-hmm. and not feel like, oh, my God, I could never find someone who, you know, checks my boxes or checks even one of my boxes that, that you know, us heteronormative kind of populations and, and the people that are in sexual majority, majorities could more easily find. Like, I can be so fucking choosy about who I date and relate to because I'm in the category of the norm. Right. Um and I think that's something that most of us take for granted. Sure. Having common tastes is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Never thought of that like that. Yeah. So I think we adequately kind of... I think so. You know, broach the topic. There's the financial concerns, the logistical stuff. Safety. Safety, physical safety. Let's Legal. Legal stuff. Um, yeah. And, and some different avenues for assessing that and... Being honest with yourself. I mean, if if this if you're the 17 year old girl in this situation and you're thinking, wow, it would be really nice to have $400 a week, mm-hmm. you could also now that you are aware, oh, this would be an appealing thing. This would really help my life to have this extra money. You could start thinking about other ways you might want to do that if this ends up not working yeah. out. Don't get so attached to this being right. the only opportunity for you to make some extra money. Good call. Because um, I think that's what kind of blindsided me with my little scenario of I was like, you know, in this kind of psychological mind state where I felt less than because I didn't have a job. I wanted a job and I was like overlooking things in order to have one. My Craigslist dog ear. Yes. I want to get to that real quick. My girlfriend sent me this uh, job posting for this guy in LA who's been reading his kid Dracula stories. Uh-huh. He wants to pay someone to jump out as Dracula in one of the scary parts of the stories in the oh kid's bedroom to scare them and then do a little Q&A with this oh. person as a vampire. He's like, I want to do one rehearsal, just you and me, and then do one with me and my son. I can't imagine someone more perfect for that than you. You think so? I Absolutely. could be a vampire? Absolutely. <laughs> Is there an element of, of uh. trying to make him less scared? No. I think no. he wants you to be really scary. He really wants to scare his kid. And the kid wants this experience. Uh, that's not clear. I would. That's not clear. That a little bit. Well, you don't want to be part of a trauma. <laughs> yeah, the guy's wife just died, and he said that Aww. they've been reading a lot of these scary books together before bed. And this, I don't know why he gave that context, but yeah, you're right. It could be a bad idea. <laughs> it's kind of on him, then, though. I'm getting paid, you know. Well, 
Right. So that I guess there's a line. If he wants me to like pick the kid up and shake them, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. Just to figure a tame example of something bad you could do to a kid. I mean, yeah. if you want to do another podcast called Bad Things Rob Could Do to Kids, <laughs> I got time. Yeah. There would be a lot be of content. <laughs> But, but yeah. picking them up and shaking them is something that I probably wouldn't do. I guess I just think that if you're going to participate in something on any level, you should yeah. know exactly what you're going to get in, be getting into. What are the potential consequences? What are the implications? Yeah. Logistically, morally, um, all that shit. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for indulging me. Oh, my God. My pleasure. I mean, this whole thing is us sitting down to indulge each other, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we've talked before on the podcast about how – the, the value of our friendship specifically and the value of friendship overall. And so I think that like a good perhaps sort of closing point to make is uh, that if you are out there and you are listening to this or you're just out there and you have no idea where two people are talking, um, it's important to do sort of an honest assessment of what do you want out of a friendship um, how can you go out into the world and find people that are like you and, mm-hmm. and getting more out of the relationships that you choose to engage in? Because I know there's so many people that I talk to that um, are just not as happy as they could be in the friendships that they have because they have friendships that are older and haven't grown with them or yeah. people that don't have you know that many commonalities or interests. They, they end up constantly going to things only because their friends want to do it. They're not actually things that they're interested in. And they don't, either believe in themselves enough to think they could attract a better quality relationship or they don't think that that's out there, um, try not to talk yourself out of it because when you find people that are really your tribe, it's fucking magic. And I, I didn't have that for a long time. Um, and it just makes such a big difference to have a network of people that make you feel warm and comfortable and accepted and challenged and Mm -hmm. you know they expand you to think about things differently and um i just think that's such an important part of life and you can't get all of that from family you can't get all of that from just a romantic relationship i think you might from family you might you might i didn't neither did i not even close Maybe if you're one of those 15 sibling families, there's a ton of diversity. There's just always somebody walking yeah, around. You're yeah. bound to have a common yeah. interest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. This has been good. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. This has been Free Advice with Rob Zaleski. And Morgan Beard. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next week. Mwah, kisses. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs>